Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Daf Yud Beis, page 12. We're continuing discussions of carrying on Shabbos. We had said in the Mishnah that the tailor can't walk out with his needle on Shabbos or even on Erev Shabbos, close to Shabbos, because we're worried that maybe he'll continue carrying it even on Shabbos and come to violation of carrying. So we continue and say, but if you're tefillin, you are allowed to walk out on tefillin before Shabbos because people are always being memashmesh betfillin. They're always supposed to check their tefillin to, to, to have constant awareness of their tefillin. We learn this from the sits from the head plate that the uh, Kohen God the war that said on it Kodesh Hashem, holy to Hashem. So therefore it said well, Hashem's name one time. You always have to be aware of it. So the tefillin would have Hashem's name many times in all of the four parshios. So then all the more so you're always aware of them and therefore we're not worried that you're going to come to carry them on Shabbos. And we say that a concept, the Shabbos, that right before you leave your house on Shabbos, you should really check your garment to make sure you're not carrying anything. Obviously if you're outside of an Eruv, because you might come to carry on Shabbos. The Gemara then goes on to talk about the whole issue of ain't polen, uh, that you're not allowed to um, de-louse your garments. You can't remove the lice from your garments. There's a question, is this a, a separate prohibition from the light of the from from reading by the light of the lamp, there are two halachas said right after the, each other in the Mishnah, or is it separate? In other words, are they both about delousing by the light of the candle and reading by the light of the candle? Shemayata, because maybe you're going to tilt the candle when the when the oil starts going out, and then you're going to rekindle, which is a violation of havara on Shabbos. Or is the delousing thing its own thing because of a concern about maybe actually coming to kill the lice? And the Gemara concludes it's actually one idea and it's all about uh, the Shemayata that you might come to um, rekindle the, the, the flame. All right, the Gemara goes on and talks about other issues with delousing things. You shouldn't do them. You shouldn't remove lice from garments in the Shasarab in the public domain because it's disgusting. You also shouldn't induce the vomiting in the public domain because it's, it's disgusting. And then it has a whole discussion about how we kill uh, lice or, or different uh, rodents or whatever it is. And one, some people say, just like let them die on their own. And and then we actually have one rabbi who says, I want, when you kill them, he said to his daughters, when you kill the lice, uh, I want to actually hear the screams of my enemies because I'm so angry at them. So anyways, different interpretations of that. The Gemara goes on to different things you're not supposed to do on Shabbos. You are not supposed to be, uh, and these have to do with the idea of daber daber mimto chavtzacha, that you're not supposed to have, you speak about your own business dealings on Shabbos. And including that, not only outright business deals, but even being doing shiduchim, even doing engagements, because there's a certain uh, financial aspect involved in that. Um, You can't arrange for your child to go to uh, school on Shabbos. That's, again, a financial arrangement. But interestingly, you're not allowed to do nichum aveim. You can't comfort mourners. And you can't do biker cholim on Shabbos. You can't visit the sick. And this has to do with the idea of, if you do it, um, you are going to then uh, have anguish. You're going to have tsar from seeing it. But at the end, the Gemara says you could do it, but it's Bakoshi. With great difficulty, they allowed you to do it because they're not going to leave people who are vulnerable alone on Shabbos, but it was Bakoshi. It was difficult. And because of this, when you do go and you're supposed to offer a tefillah, the halachas, you're supposed to offer a tefillah when you visit someone who's sick, you should do it in the way that will produce the least anguish possible. So you say, Shabbos uh, sok, which means it's Shabbos, so I'm really not supposed to cry, but don't worry, the refuah, the healing will still come, and then different rabbis had different formulations of how they prayed for someone who was sick on, on Shabbos in accordance with this idea. The Gemara goes on and talks about uh, different prayers uh, for sick. One, one, one rabbi said that sometimes he would say, uh, which means pakod is Hebrew, Hashem should remember you for good. And the other times he would say, Hashem should yad kirncha, which is to remember you the same thing, but it was in Aramaic. And there's a whole discussion here about how can you use an Aramaic prayer. The idea is, is an concept that 
we need the angels to take our prayers up to Hashem in some way, even though that does present theological challenges, but it's there, it's an idea. And if in Aramaic, the, the angels apparently don't understand prayers in Aramaic. So really, you're not supposed to pray in Aramaic. However, the Gemara concludes that when it comes to praying for the sick, since Hashem, we have a concept that Hashem is actually the Shechina is right there from the head of this person who's sick. Hashem is on the bed. Therefore, we have all these ways that we have to act in a more respectful way, being aware of Hashem's presence when we're visiting the sick. But also it means that Hashem has the prayers. We don't need the angels. So therefore, the prayers could be in any language, could even be in Aramaic. The Gemara goes on and says, this halacha about not reading by the light of the lamp, it's not only if the lamp is right there, it's even if the lamp is two, two floors up or even 10 houses, one on top of the other. Once they made the Gzaira, Rashi says low plug, we don't make any distinctions and you're actually not allowed to read by the light of the lamp. But some people say that if it's two people, it's okay, because, particularly if they're reading from the same book because then they're going to remind each other not to, not to read from the thing. The Gemara goes on and talks about... Um, Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, who said, look, I'm, I, I know that the reason why I can't read is because I might come to, 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 to uh, Shemayata, I might come to turn the lamp. I'll be careful not to do it. And then he actually did it. He read and did it. He wrote down in his notebook and he said, I, Shmuel ben Elisha, I've done a great sin. When the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, I will bring a Karban Chatas. Uh, this concludes today's daft. After Beis, we'll continue with Yud Gimel tomorrow. Have a great day. Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Daf Yod Gimel, page 13. We are continuing based on the Mishnah before the Mishnah had said that Lo Yochel Zavim Mazava, that a two people who are sexually prohibited to each other, that they have some sort of a tummy discharge that prevents them from being with each other. The halacha is that they're not allowed to even have a dinner together, even have a meal together, because that might lead to sexual, sexual prohibitions. The Gemara on this basically goes into a whole discussion about, yes, but what can people who are tummy with each other uh, eat with each other? And the Gemara basically says that someone who is a Zav, who is a Parush, someone who is a Torah scholar Zav, should not eat together with a, uh, a Zav who is an Am Ha'aretz, because there's a concern that he might feed him food that is Tameh, even though he's Tameh at this, in this situation anyways, because he's in a state of Tameh, so anything he touches will be Tameh, but we're worried that if they become too friendly and start having meals together, this might lead to the Tameh from the Torah scholar, who normally is strict about not having Chulin uh, B'Tameh, and a Chulin in a state of Tameh, he might come to eat uh, those things as well. So anyways, the Gemara, this first part of the daf is not so related to nowadays because it's only in the state, times when people are Tameh and Tahor that actually scholars would not even eat meals together with people who were uh, Amarats and people who were who were considered not on their level. Anyways, the Gemara continues and asks a very important question and spends most of the daf talking about it, which is, is it when a woman is a Nida, when she's menstrually impure, are the, is a husband and a wife, are they allowed to sleep with each other in the same bed while they are both wearing clothes. In other words, the Gemara assumes that if they are naked, which was the way that they actually slept in the olden days uh, regularly, that would be a problem because that would actually lead to sexual relations. The question is, what if they're both wearing clothes, which was considered a shinoi, it was considered a hecker, clearly recognizable that something is different because they're wearing clothes, then maybe that would get them to separate and then they would be allowed to have, be in the same bed and we're not worried about it coming to sexual relations. And the Gemara tries to prove it from interesting halachos. Let's say, for instance, you have... Uh, uh, two people who are at, a, are at a lunch counter or they're at an inn and they're both eating, one's eating fleshiks and one's eating uh, milchiks. The halacha is that they are allowed to eat with each other, providing that they don't know each other because they won't reach, reach over and have milchiks and fleshiks together. And the Gemara seems to think, also, oh, therefore, maybe a husband and wife could be together uh, while they're in Nida. But the problem is that halacha is only if ein makirin. That's if the two people at the lunch counter don't know each other. But if they do know each other, 
then the halacha is we're worried that, that the person who's having the hamburger is going to reach over and have some of the macaroni and cheese from his or her friend. And it's a problem. So husband and wife are certainly makirin says that they certainly know each other. They recognize each other. They're friends with each other. So therefore, are we not worried that they're going to come to have sexual relations? And the Gemara says it's not a proof because they're at the lunch counter. Um, they're, they're, it's true there are two different minds that could remind, us, remind, remind each other to not, to not eat from each other. But the concern is that there's no hecker. There's no uh, sign that will prevent them from eating with each other. But the husband and wife, since they are wearing their own, each are wearing clothes, it might be enough of a hecker, it might be enough of a shinoi to make it okay. And the Gemara does not have a, does not have a conclusive proof from, from there. But the Gemara tries to go on and tries to prove it from other places. For instance, if the halacha is that a, a two people who are sexually prohibited, prohibited with each other are not even allowed to have a meal together, then Kavachomer all the more said they're not allowed to sleep with each other. And the answer is it's not necessarily the true. Because when you have a meal together and you don't have any restrictions on the way you're eating, if you're no hecker, that might be an intimate thing and it might come to sexual relations. However, if you're sleeping with each other, but each person's wearing clothes, it might in fact be okay. The Gemara does try to prove it one more time from a Pasuk in Yechesko, which praises a tzaddik. And one of the things it says about the praise of the tzaddik is he doesn't have sexual relations with other people's wives, and he also doesn't sleep with his wife who's a nida. So we compare the two. So the Gemara says, just like you can't uh, sleep with someone else's wife, a man can't sleep with someone else's wife, even if they're both wearing clothes. So similarly, you can't sleep with your wife, even if uh, they are both uh, wearing clothes. And the Gemara seems to say that that is the proof. Shmam, you know, we can prove from here that a, hus- that a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other, even if they're both wearing clothes, even though Rev Padas disagrees with this and would say that it's okay. Our psak is that you cannot. Uh, a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other if they're wear, even if they're wearing clothes. And the Gemara then brings the story of a certain rabbi who was a great rabbi but died at a very young age. And his wife was trying to figure out why, asking many people. And finally, Leo Hanavi uh, explained to her, you know why this happened? It's because it's true during your Nida days, you were very, very careful about not even touching each other. At Spikatan, you didn't even touch each other. Um, but during your white days, meaning the seven counting days after the bleeding stops, a woman, according to Halakha, has to count for seven days. And during those seven days, uh, they actually were sleeping with each other in the same bed, uh, even without clothes. And the Gemara says from here, Elio said, Baruch Hashem Shahargo, blessed is Hashem that Hashem killed him because he did such a terrible thing. Obviously a very harsh Gemara. But the bottom line is we learn from here that a couple, when they're in Nida, they're not allowed to even sleep in the same bed. And we pass them, even if they're wearing the same clothes, they, they can't sleep in the same bed. It doesn't even matter if it's a very big bed. They have to sleep in two separate beds. Finally, we have the, the next mission, which talks about Hanana ben Chizkiah and all these halachas that were decided when they were in his attic. Um, and the Gemara talks here a little bit about he is the author of Megillus Tanis, which was a very important work, which established all these holidays where, where bad things were about to happen and miracles uh, saved them. And there were not a lot of fast on those days. And the Gemara also says that Hanani is a wonderful person because the rabbis in his time actually wanted to remove the book of Ezekiel, of Yechesko, from the canon because it had contradictions to the Torah. For instance, the book of Yechesko says that the only people who can't eat nevelas and trefas, tray food, are Kohanim. Obviously, the Torah says everybody. And there are other contradictions. And he spent a lot of time trying to resolve all the contradictions. And this is one of the reasons he's a great person. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the different rules which were established in his attic, 18 rules. I'll see you tomorrow for Daf Yud Dalit. Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Daf Yud Gimel, page 13. We are continuing based on the Mishnah before the Mishnah had said that lo yochel zavim mazava, that a two people who are sexually prohibited to each other, they have some sort of a tummy discharge that prevents them from being with each other. The halacha is that they're not allowed to even have a dinner together, even have a meal together, because that might lead to sexual, sexual prohibitions. 
The Gemara on this basically goes into a whole discussion about, yes, but when can people who are tummy with each other uh, eat with each other? And the Gemara basically says that someone who is a Zav, who is a Parush, someone who is a Torah scholar Zav, should not eat together with a, uh, a Zav who is an Am Ha'aretz because there's a concern that he might feed him food that is tummy, even though he's tummy at this, in this situation anyways, because he's in a state of tummy, so anything he touches will be tummy, but we're worried that if they become too friendly and start having meals together, this might lead to the Talmachah from the Torah scholar, who normally is strict about not having chulin uh, bitmeya and a chulin in a state of tumma, he might come to eat uh, those things as well. So anyways, the Gemara, this first part of the daf is not so related to nowadays, because it's only in the state, times when people are tummy and tahor, that actually scholars would not even eat meals together with people who were uh, Amarats and people who were who were considered not on their level. Anyways, the Gemara continues and asks a very important question and spends most of the daft talking about it, which is, is it when a woman is a nida, when she's menstrually impure, are the, is a husband and a wife, are they allowed to sleep with each other in the same bed while they are both wearing clothes? In other words, the Gemara assumes that if they are naked, which was the way that they actually slept in the old days uh, regularly, that would be a problem because that would actually lead to sexual relations. The question is, what if they're both wearing clothes, which was considered a shinoi, it was considered a hecker, clearly recognizable that something is different because they're wearing clothes, then maybe that would get them to separate and then they would be allowed to have, be in the same bed and we're not worried about it coming to sexual relations. And the Gemara tries to prove it from interesting halachos. Let's say, for instance, you have... Uh, uh, two people who are at, a, are at a lunch counter or they're at an inn and they're both eating, one's eating fleshiks and one's eating uh, milchiks. The halacha is that they are allowed to eat with each other, providing that they don't know each other because they won't reach, reach over and have milchiks and fleshiks together. And the Gemara seems to think, also, oh, therefore, maybe a husband and wife could be together uh, while they're in Nida. But the problem is that halacha is only if ein makirin. That's if the two people at the lunch counter don't know each other. But if they do know each other, then the halacha is, we're worried that, that the person who's having the hamburger is going to reach over and have some of the macaroni and cheese from his or her friend. And it's a problem. So husband and wife are certainly, Makirin says that they certainly know each other. They recognize each other. They're friends with each other. So therefore, are we not worried that they're going to come to have sexual relations? And the Gemara says it's not a proof because they're at the lunch counter. Um, they're, they're, it's true there are two different minds that could remind, remind, remind each other to not, to not eat from each other. But the concern is that there's no hecker, there's no uh, sign that will prevent them from eating with each other. But the husband and wife, since they are wearing their own, each are wearing clothes, it might be enough of a hecker, it might be enough of a shinoi to make it okay. And the Gemara does not have a, does not have a conclusive proof from, from there. But the Gemara tries to go on and tries to prove it from other places. For instance, if the halacha is that a, a two people who are sexually prohibited, prohibited with each other are not even allowed to have a meal together, then Kavachomer, all the more, said they're not allowed to sleep with each other. And the answer is, it's not necessarily the true. Because when you have a meal together and you don't have any restrictions on the way you're eating, if you're no hecker, that might be an intimate thing and it might come to sexual relations. However, if you're sleeping with each other, but each person's wearing clothes, it might, in fact, be okay. The Gemara does try to prove it one more time from a Pasuk in Yechesko, which praises a tzaddik. And one of the things it says about the praise of the tzaddik is he doesn't have sexual relations with other people's wives, and he also doesn't sleep with his wife who's a nida. So we compare the two. So the Mar says, just like you can't uh, sleep with someone else's wife, a man can't sleep with someone else's wife, even if they're both wearing clothes. So similarly, they can't sleep with your wife, even if uh, they are both uh, wearing clothes. And the Gemara seems to say that that is the proof. Shmam, you know, we can prove from here that a, hus- that a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other, even if they're both wearing clothes. Even though Rev Padas disagrees with this and would say that it's okay, our psak is that you cannot. Uh, a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other if they're wear- even if they're wearing clothes. And the Gemara then brings the story of a certain 
rabbi who was a great rabbi but died at a very young age and his wife was trying to figure out why asking many people and finally Leo Hanavi uh, explained to her you know why this happened it's because it's true during your Nida days you were very very careful about not even touching each other at Spikatan you didn't even touch each other um, but during your white days, meaning the seven counting days after the bleeding stops, a woman, according to Halakha, has to count for seven days. And during those seven days, uh, they actually were sleeping with each other in the same bed, uh, even without clothes. And the Gemara says from here, Elio said, Baruch Hashem Shahargo, blessed is Hashem that Hashem killed him because he did such a terrible thing. Obviously a very harsh Gemara. But the bottom line is we learn from here that a couple, when they're in Nida, they're not allowed to even sleep in the same bed. And we pass them, even if they're wearing the same clothes, they, they can't sleep in the same bed. It doesn't even matter if it's a very big bed, they have to sleep in two separate beds. Finally, we have the, the next mission, which talks about Hanana ben Chizkiah and all these halachas that were decided when they were in his attic. Um, and the Gemara talks here a little bit about, he is the author of Megillus Tanis, which was a very important work, which established all these holidays where, where bad things were about to happen and miracles uh, saved them. And they were not allowed to fast on those days. And the Gemara also says that Hanani is a wonderful person because the rabbis in his time actually wanted to remove the book of Ezekiel, of Yechezkel, from the canon because it had contradictions to the Torah. For instance, the book of Yechezkel says that the only people who can't eat nevelos and trefus, tray food, are Kohanim. Obviously, the Torah says everybody. And there are other contradictions. And he spent a lot of time trying to resolve all the contradictions. And this is one of the reasons he's a great person. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the different rules which were established in his attic, 18 rules. I'll see you tomorrow for Daf Yud Dalit. Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Daf Yud Gimel, page 13. We are continuing based on the Mishnah before the Mishnah had said that Lo Yochel Zavim Mazava, that a Two people who are sexually prohibited to each other, they have some sort of a tummy discharge that prevents them from being with each other. The halacha is that they're not allowed to even have a dinner together, even have a meal together, because that might lead to sexual sexual prohibitions. The Gemara on this basically goes into a whole discussion about, yes, but what can people who are tummy with each other uh, eat with each other? And the Gemara basically says that someone who is a zav, who is a parush, someone who is a Torah scholar zav, should not eat together with a uh, a Zav who is an Am Ha'aretz, because there's a concern that he might feed him food that is Tameh, even though he's Tameh at this, at, in this situation anyways, because he is in a state of Tameh, so anything he touches will be Tameh, but we're worried that if they become too friendly and start having meals together, this might lead to the Talmud from the Torah scholar, who normally is strict about not having Chulin uh, B'tmeya, and a Chulin in a state of Tameh, he might come to eat uh, those things as well. So anyways, the Gemara, this first part of the Daf is not so related to nowadays, because it's only in the state, times when people are Tameh and Tahor, that actually scholars would not even eat meals together with people who were uh, Amarats and people who were who were considered not on their level. Anyways, the Gemara continues and asks a very important question and spends most of the daft talking about it, which is, is that when a woman is a nida, when she's menstrually impure, are the, is a husband and a wife, are they allowed to sleep with each other in the same bed while they are both wearing clothes? In other words, the Gemara assumes that if they are naked, which was the way that they actually slept in the old days, uh, regularly, that would be a problem because that would actually lead to sexual relations. The question is, what if they're both wearing clothes, which was considered a shinoi, it was considered a hecker, clearly recognizable that something is different because they're wearing clothes, then maybe that would get them to separate and then they would be allowed to have, be in the same bed and we're not worried about it coming to sexual relations. And the Gemara tries to prove it from interesting halachos. Let's say, for instance, you have uh, uh, two people who are at, a, are at a lunch counter or they're at an inn and they're both eating, one's eating fleshiks and one's eating uh, milchiks. The halacha is that they are allowed to eat with each other, providing that they don't know each other, because they won't reach, reach over and have milchiks and fleshiks together. And the Gemara seems to think, also, oh, therefore, maybe a husband and wife could be together uh, while they're in Nida. But the problem is that halacha is only if ein makirin. 
That's if the two people at the lunch counter don't know each other. But if they do know each other, then the halacha is we're worried that, that the person who's having the hamburger is going to reach over and have some of the macaroni and cheese from his or her friend. And it's a problem. So husband and wife are certainly makirin says that they certainly know each other. They recognize each other. They're friends with each other. So therefore, are we not worried that they're going to come to have sexual relations? And the Gemara says it's not a proof because they're at the lunch counter. Um, they it's true there are two different minds that could remind us, remind remind each other to not to not eat from each other. But the concern is that there's no hecker, there's no uh, sign that will prevent them from eating with each other. But the husband and wife, since they are wearing their own, each are wearing clothes, it might be enough of a hecker, it might be enough of a shinoi to make it okay. And the Gemara does not have a, does not have a conclusive proof from, from there. But the Gemara tries to go on and tries to prove it from other places. For instance, if the halacha is that a, a two people who are sexually prohibited, prohibited with each other are not even allowed to have a meal together, then Kavachomer all the more said they're not allowed to sleep with each other. And the answer is it's not necessarily the truth. Because when you have a meal together and you don't have any restrictions on the way you're eating, if you're no hecker, that might be an intimate thing and it might come to sexual relations. However, if you're sleeping with each other, but each person's wearing clothes, it might in fact be okay. The Gemara does try to prove it one more time from a Pasuk in Yechesko, which praises a tzaddik. And one of the things it says about the praise of the tzaddik is he doesn't have sexual relations with other people's wives, and he also doesn't sleep with his wife who's a nida. So we compare the two. So the Mara says, just like you can't uh, sleep with someone else's wife, a man can't sleep with someone else's wife, even if they're both wearing clothes. So similarly, they can't sleep with your wife, even if uh, they are both uh, wearing clothes. And the Gemara seems to say that that is the proof. Shmam, you know, we can prove from here that a, hus- that a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other, even if they're both wearing clothes, even though Rev Padas disagrees with this and would say that it's okay. Our psak is that you cannot. Uh, a husband and wife cannot sleep with each other if they're wear- even if they're wearing clothes. And the Gemara then brings the story of a certain rabbi who was a great rabbi, but died at a very young age. And his wife was trying to figure out why, asking many people. And finally, Leo Hanavi uh, explained to her, do you know why this happened? It's because it's true during your Nida days, you were very, very careful about not even touching each other. At Spikatan, you didn't even touch each other. Um, but during your white days, meaning the seven counting days after the bleeding stops, a woman, according to Halacha, has to count for seven days. And during those seven days, uh, they actually were sleeping with each other in the same bed, uh, even without clothes. And the Gemara says from here, Elio said, Baruch Hashem Shahargo, blessed is Hashem that Hashem killed him because he did such a terrible thing. Obviously a very harsh Gemara. But the bottom line is we learn from here that a couple, when they're in Nida, they're not allowed to even sleep in the same bed. And we pass them, even if they're wearing the same clothes, they, they can't sleep in the same bed. It doesn't even matter if it's a very big bed, they have to sleep in two separate beds. Finally, we have the, the next mission, which talks about Hanana ben Chizkiah and all these halachas that were decided when they were in his attic. Um, and the Gemara talks here a little bit about, he is the author of Megillus Tanis, which was a very important work, which established all these holidays where, where bad things were about to happen and miracles uh, saved them. And they were not allowed to fast on those days. And the Gemara also says that Hanani is a wonderful person because the rabbis in his time actually wanted to remove the book of Ezekiel, of Yechezkel, from the canon because it had contradictions to the Torah. For instance, the book of Yechezkel says that the only people who can't eat nevelos and trefus, tray food, are Kohanim. Obviously, the Torah says everybody. And there are other contradictions. And he spent a lot of time trying to resolve all the contradictions. And this is one of the reasons he's a great person. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the different rules which were established in his attic, 18 rules. I'll see you tomorrow for Daf Yud Dalit.